This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today with NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog. G'day everyone, how are we doing out there? Coming up on today's show, in just a moment we're going to be catching up with Ennis Moffat, dear Industry NZ Chief Executive, because uh, the demand from uh, South Korean health companies for our deer velvet could see another lift in farm gate returns following on from a uh, pretty good crop last year. So Ennis Moffat to talk about the deer velvet industry. We might get into the venison as well, who knows. And uh, then we're going to be talking with Mick Withers from Rural Livestock, an update on uh, the dry dairy cow market, high country calf sales, etc. Plus Mick has uh, got some uh, interesting in the Young Auctioneers competition as well. It's become very popular. In fact, he set it up, I believe, in the early 90s. We'll find out a little bit more about that. Plus, he's on the committee for the the Canterbury show as well. So plenty to talk about with uh, Mick Withers in the second part of the show. That's all to come here on Rex today. But first up on the program, apparently demand from South Korea and health companies over there for our deer velvet could result in another lift in Farmgate returns following on from a uh, bit of a bumper crop last year. Let's go to uh, Innes Moffat now, who is Deer Industry New Zealand Chief Executive. Good to talk again. How are you, Innes? Good morning, Don. Very good, thank you. Excellent. Good stuff. So, uh, good demand from South Korea for our velvet. Uh, very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, South Korea is New Zealand's main market for deer velvet. It's used in the health industry there. Um, it's important, an important contribu- contributor to um, boosting immune systems, uh, boosting immunity. Um, and uh, yeah, demand's been pretty good the last couple of years. So the season, the current season, October to April, so it's uh, coming um, uh, uh, to to an end. Yes. Yep. Um, velvet is um, produced um, over the New Zealand summer um, and uh, exported up to China and exported to Korea. Um, so yeah, we've had another increase in production this year. Um, there's been steady increases in production over the last about ten years now as um, farmers have been improving the genetics they use, uh, so they're getting better performance per animal, um, and also um, improving, um, increasing stag numbers as well. So we're seeing a steady increase in in production each year. Um, But because we've got some new markets for uh, deer velvet in the health food sector in Korea, and also increasing exports directly into China, um, demand is still staying ahead of um, our ability to supply it. Uh, so we're not predicting increases in per kilogram um, prices, uh, but we are confident that the markets are expanding enough to absorb any increases in production here in New Zealand. So the uh, as often as the case with these sorts of things, it's almost... It's a number of things converging at the same time uh, to make a healthy market, i.e. the what you've mentioned there in terms of the genetics, uh, the demand increasing in those markets, particularly South Korea and China, and uh, the farmers sort of holding back uh, more stags and uh, focusing on, on, on the breeding and that side of things. So all of those things come together, and that's why we've got the situation we're in, right? Yeah, we're seeing pretty uh, stable uh, prices, um, pretty steady demand, um, good good spread of markets, um, and um, getting more into the sort of finished health food products. Um, so these are not um, perhaps the, the traditional area where Devolvit has been sold. Um, these are some new sophisticated products being produced by pharmaceutical companies, 
um, and they can have some proven um, uh, health benefits. In terms of the um, the science behind deer velvet and its uh, and its properties, in terms of I guess you'd say that you know the health and well being sector, I suppose broadly. Um, what is it about uh, the deer velvet that, um, that 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 is so appealing? Yeah, so we haven't identified the active ingredient in deer velvet. It is a combination of a number of different factors. Velvet's a unique mammalian product. It's the fastest growing um, mammalian product. It is full of um, amino acids. It's full of it's got um, growth factors in it. Um, so it's 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 quite unique, and, and it's the combination of those uh, natural um, factors um, which give it its uh, health-giving properties. Um, there's a lot of it's in. It's also produced. The products are being produced in combination with other um, uh, ingredients, um, and it's used as part of a preventative wellness um, um, medical practice. Um, so it's uh, it. It, it, and there is science around um, boosting energy. There is science around... Uh, we did a research project with Otago University a couple of years ago um, which looked at improved cognitive function. Um, and it's also we've also recently done some work with that research around um, boosting the immune response um, at a cellular level. So there is, there is some science in behind it. Yeah, I think I remember the cognitive one actually, and that's becoming a big market too. When you look at like nootropics and things like that as well, that's, uh, you know, that's a burgeoning market at the moment. There is. There's a whole, there's a whole um, uh, enormous potential for um, preventative medicines, um, and we think Devolver will be very well positioned to capitalise upon that growing demand. So when we look at the uh, the numbers here, I note that the 2021-22 season, the farm gate returns were about 123 million. That's up 25% from the previous year. I suspect for 22-23, we're looking at uh, an increase on that. Is that uh, accurate? For this current year, yeah. yes, um, a, a small increase. Um, as I said, prices were about stable on the previous year and production we're expecting to be up slightly. Right. So um, around the same level. Okay. Um, more importantly for the deer industry, we're seeing a good uh, rebound in venison returns. Um, the venison schedule is currently sitting just below $9. Um, venison is still um, our, main, our main product, um, the reason why most deer are farmed. Um, and it's good to see that um, international prices have recovered well from um, the lows that were experienced during COVID. Yeah, look, this is an interesting uh, aspect of uh, of the deer industry, and uh, I'm I'm glad you've gone down this road because um, you know it was uh, it was pretty dire there for a while. I remember doing story after story, pretty much with uh, you know deer farmers and the likes of yourself, sort of, uh, and a lot of it was obviously to do with. Um, with the uh, hospitality shutdown uh, due to COVID in, in lots of countries, particularly in China, um, but other markets as well. So that's encouraging to see that it's, uh, it's, it's on the rise. Yeah, yep. Um, we've got a uh, good diversification of markets now, probably a better diversification of markets than we had prior to COVID. I think um, you know, the exporting companies have done a good job in opening up um, some, some new countries, um, but still very reliant upon the food service sector, um, whereas you know, with the work that they have done in getting new retail accounts going in the USA, um, introducing new products for retail sale in China, um, and continuing to develop some really valuable niche markets in um, continental Europe, um, we've got a, 
better spread of markets now. We're really sort of aiming for um, a third into Europe, a third into North America, and then a third into Asia and other areas. Um, so that's sort of the target that the companies are working towards, uh, and with a good split across retail and food service. And and we're seeing the benefits of some of that now with um, um, less of a drop from the traditional spring peak. Um, the schedule loan has only come back about 50 cents from um, when it when it peaked in, in the spring. Um, and if uh, farmers can be confident that um, they will have a more stable schedule, um, then um, it makes producing venison um, a lot more attractive. I remember reading a story uh, a couple of months ago about a, a deer farmer who um, was, was using his discards um, and putting them into uh, sort of uh, dog treats and things like that uh, and, and sort of looking at other ways to, um, you know, to sort of capitalise on uh, on his particular business, uh, which I found quite interesting at, at the time. And uh, he was sort of saying that, uh, you know, it was proving very, very valuable. I think that's um, the great thing about deer is that um, all of the, all of all parts of the animal have got um, real value, um, and there uh, there's good demand from the pet food sector for deer derived products. Um, bones, chews, um, sinews um, go to the pet food sector. Um, some of the manufacturing type meat um, is used in pet food as well, um, and it certainly sells at a premium over um, more traditional um, or conventional meats. Um, there's uh, yeah good good demand coming out of Asia for the edible offals for some of those other Asian co-products um, as China um, sort of again recovers from its COVID interruption. So um, yeah, we're looking looking forward to uh, the companies have indicated that we might be heading towards a ten dollar schedule this spring. Um, and whilst that is not, you know, it's still <clears throat> farms are still doing it pretty tough with costs of compliance, um, costs of fencing, stock exclusion. Um, it's 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 even though prices are up, um, it's still not um, you know, bursting with bursting with confidence. Um, but we're certainly um, getting and taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, and that's um, probably the uh, the logical uh, conclusion to reach as well. I mean, you, you look at it with the dairy sector; it's uh, it's a familiar story, and obviously, uh, deer farmers aren't immune from it as well. The inputs, the farm inputs, are. Um, uh, making, uh, yeah, as you say, despite uh, what returns you might be getting for your product and how well you're doing it, you just can't uh, countenance the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's it's just more expensive to run things. No, no, cost of fat, cost of fuel, interest rates going up. Um, uh, I think, you know, farmers can take the ups and downs, but it's when some of these um, costs are being imposed without any real benefit. And, you know, if we look at some of the costs of environmental compliance, um, Change is necessary. Nobody's nobody's arguing against the need to be making improvements to be looking after our environment. Um, but there's been proposals for costs being put in place which aren't really going to have any material impact on water quality, uh, but which, which just make deer farming in some areas of the country um, completely uneconomic. And you know we, that's pretty frustrating for everybody involved. Indeed, it is. Innes Moffat, uh, Deer Industry New Zealand Chief Executive. Nice to catch up again. Appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Connecting the country and now with mobile phones.
Well, here's one to put in your diary. The team at Genesis, together with Farm Source, are bringing you Pie Day Friday. The Genesis team will be at select farm stores this coming Friday and are keen to talk to you about moving farms and how they can help. Bring along a recent power bill and they can compare prices. Head to your local Farm Source store and grab a pie and meet the Genesis team this Friday from 10am. That's this coming Friday from 10am at your local Farm Source store. Property of the Week with Property Brokers. Farmland strategic real estate partner. Well, if performance is high on your shopping list, Rosedale is a very intensive arable offering just minutes from Lake Hood in Mid Canterbury. Paul Canine and Jason Rickard from Property Brokers are proud to present Rosedale to the market. This productive and irrigated unit of 221 hectares produces reliable yields from high quality crops with lamb finishing and dairy grazing running alongside. And the property is in nine titles, giving subdivision options. Consistent management practices, inputs and strong soils and great heart underpin care and custodial excellence over many years. Rosedale, with proven productive capacity and reliability, has produced a large variety of quality crops and high-value seeds. An immaculately presented character home, which has been extensively modernised, provides accommodation and is set in an extensive garden with tennis court and pool. The full range of farm buildings give endless arable options. A proven performer at 32 Ashton Road, Ashburton Rosedale is available via deadline sale closing the 15th of May. To discuss your options, Paul Canine and Jason Ricard are waiting for your call. Further details, visit pb.co.nz. Property of the Week. With Property Brokers, your local rural and lifestyle real estate specialists. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. Rightio, welcome back into the show. Well, Mick Withers has 30 years' experience in the livestock industry after joining Rural Livestock way back in 1992, and uh, he's got clients across Central and Mid Canterbury. He specialises in beef and dairy cattle. He also started up the National Young Auctioneers Competition, which has just taken off uh, over the decades, and he's also on the Canterbury AMP Show Committee as well. What doesn't he do? He joins us now. Mick, nice to talk. How are you, man? Um, well, thanks, Tom. Excellent. Let's start with uh, looking at a few prices around the place at the moment. Uh, cull dairy cows, what are, what are we looking at there for, for prices? A decent margin in it for, for farmers at the moment? or? Well, the interesting thing, Dom, is um, a number of uh, freezing companies have released uh, contracts for July, August for the cull cows, and um, they're over $5 sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, if you were able to buy the cows... Prior to now, yes, you all make a good margin. Sort of cows at a dollar forty uh, look to be pretty good buying now, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and a, a, an option to be taken through winter, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. You know, those cows sort of survive on the smell of naughty rag almost. Um, they're <laughs> yeah. Like calf. You know, they're like calf, and they're healthy and young. Yeah. There's and you know, people got to be careful what you buy for that you know, for that job. They've got to be young and they've got to be fit. Yeah, totally. Now, speaking of calves... Not yourself, Don, really? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you, you're right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least trying, um, you know. Uh, calf sales are in full swing at the moment, so what are we looking at there in terms of prices? They're holding up all right? Yeah, Don, we, um, we've got our final high country sale on Thursday here at Canterbury Park, and it looked like about 2,000 calves, and so that's a, that's a decent old bank for us, really. Uh, and I would envisage they'll hold up at the same level the, the whole season's been really. We're steer calves, good Angus, Angus here steer calves at $4 and better. 
the K and uh, Hedford cars in the early 3, 320s, 330s sort of thing. But even, uh, you know, your exotics would still be up around the $4, I'd imagine. Look, not, just not shy of it. So the calves coming out of the high country, are they good, good weight and decent numbers this year, Mick? Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't. I would imagine this will be one of the better years for them. You know, they've had feed all the way. There's been no, no it's been no pinch nor has there. So um, yeah, I, I would imagine one of those calves will be in that mid two hundreds or anywhere from sort of one seventy to two fifties, really. So Mick, you know, in terms of the fact that you're involved not only uh, in what we've been talking about, but also um, we'll, we'll touch on these in a moment with uh, the young auctioneers and the Canterbury show and all these sorts of things. Now you're out and about all the time, you're on the road, you're rubbing shoulders, you've got your uh, ear to the ground, so to speak, in terms of the uh, agriculture industry as a whole. If you could just sort of give us your... Your impressions of, uh, of of what's going on out there, uh, what people are telling you, what are the big concerns, what are the major issues out there as far as you can understand or tell? Yeah, look, I think I think this increase in prices, which is well publicised, isn't it? That's really having an, a major effect on a lot of people. And it's just not the dairy farmers, sheep and beef are the same. And I don't know anything about uh, horticulture and what have you, but... Uh, yeah, you'd think when you're seeing the good prices around and a high payout on the milk and uh, and good calf prices, you think oh, everyone's going to be uh, rubbing their hands together. But it's just not that it's, uh, it's not that simple, I don't think, Dom. Yeah, when you look at that milk price, and you you know a couple of years ago, a few years ago, you'd say when we're looking at eights and nines and and, and those sorts of things, you'd be right. You know, this, this is Christmas, you know, um, yeah. you know, and then uh, you know if you put it in context, um, historical context, but then as you say, the uh, the mitigating factors uh, make that not seem as glossy as it once would have been. No, no, and I think if you talk to your, um, your guys in the tractor sales or equipment sales or anything like that, I'd say they'll be feeling the punch to a degree as well. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, hey, listen, um, interesting, while well, I've got you on the line, um, I've always been interested in the uh, the Young Auctioneers competition. Now, when did you yeah. start that? Uh, so I started that back, uh, I think we've been 12 years now. Right. Um, and it started off very much it was a let's try this and see how it develops um, and look we've got to the point now where everything we sell is live um, you know we started off with auctions at Canterbury Show or um, AMP and uh, but now that's big for that so yeah. um, so we've gone to selling a week before the show at Canterbury Park and so the, the, this year we introduced or sorry last year we introduced um live selling of sheep as well so now the boys have to sell lambs and then they come through and sell prime cattle so it really um, really tests their ability across two different types of auctioneering really where they sell per head and then they have to sell per kilo in the cattle yeah right um, and then they have to do a, they go through a series of uh, examinations or, or theory with um, with the judges where they get asked various questions about the industry and about auctioneering and about themselves uh, about Last year, winner um, Brooke Cushion from BGE Rights in Morrinsville, he's just come back from Australia having uh, auctioned their young auctioneers competition, and he um, he really stood up and did the country proud, really. I got some amazing feedback. So, they're yeah, really proud of what he achieved. Well, that's the thing because it's uh, all of a sudden seems to be one of these things where it's almost a, it's quite a coveted thing to get. Yeah, well, look. If, you look what we went through in, in our years of auctioneering. There's no real, there's nothing to compete for. There's nothing at the end. You know, 
there was no real incentive to improve your ability. But this has really put them on the, in the spotlight. But I think that thing of going to Australia and standing up alongside those top Aussie guys and proving that we're, we're just as good. We really are. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you've got to take, you know, and, and you know, you've got to take your hat off not only to the boys for for saying I have a crack at this, but for the companies for for backing them. You know, it's not cheap. No, like, exactly. You know, and from through various courses, and they've got to take time out. And, but you know, pay back doesn't it? Where um, where the companies end up with a good uh, stable of young auctioneers, really. Yeah, which is great. And um, how much of it uh, comes down? There's obviously knowledge in these sorts of things. I've always wondered with an auctioneer, they always seem to have a, uh, sort of those larger-than-life personalities. How much of it comes down to personality, Mick? Oh, I think, I think a lot does, really. Uh, but that, there's a very fine point, isn't there, of personality versus uh, uh, narcissism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, look at me sort of stuff, but you can't put yourself in that but you still have to be able to to hold a, a, a crowd really yes yeah exactly um, you're, you're kind of performing in a, in a way aren't you as, as oh, well as actually yeah. dealing with people's uh you know property yeah because you've got to as i say you've got to hold a crowd so if you're a, a mundane boring auctioneer people start talking and it's you know you lose yeah. the crowd you've, you've got to keep them entertained because it can be a long day i mean Thursday's probably going to be three or four hours of selling, so it's a long time to sit on your bum and listen to people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and also great to see you mentioned the Canterbury show. Uh, it was back last year. Uh, you've got a committee role. Um, so, so the wash up from from the last one in, in November was that a successful one? Um, you know, I guess socially, financially. Uh, certainly socially. Um, you know, there's uh, well, of course now the New Zealand Ag Show, but um, of course. You know, there's a whole new committee, not a whole new, the whole new uh, back office staff, like none of them ever experienced a show before. Because of COVID, you know, we lost two years of, of all that. So we lost a lot of IP. And so there's a lot of stuff that was last minute sort of uh, um, over the line sort of thing. But yeah, um, yeah I think sort of socially it was. I mean, there was a big, big numbers through, biggest numbers ever. Financially, I think... Um, I don't think you call it a massive success, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And there's some massive challenges as far as running an event of that size and that type. You know, from your traffic control to you know, security, there's so many expenses that go into it. Yeah, the good thing is it's well supported by, uh, you know, the local people, rural and urban. That's the oh, thing that always, um, you know, is for me a point of difference with that particular show is that uh, the urban people come in, uh, I mean, a great location in the first instance, but people just, uh, they just get into it. It's a, a, geez, it's a staple. It has been for, I don't know, about 150 odd years or whatever it's been yeah. in various guises over the, uh, the decades. Yeah, you're right. And look, last year we got a, um, a grant from uh, from New Zealand Gaming Foundation and that allowed us to uh, provide free entry to children under, gee, I think it's under 18, I think it was. And, you know, that made a, that made a great difference to families' affordability, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you know, maybe the money they spent didn't spend on the gate, they spent in, inside the uh, facility, so venue. 
Well, long may it continue. Uh, good stuff. Mick Withers, um, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate uh, all the info on the uh, on the calf prices and uh, things like that and uh, also uh, auctioneers and Canterbury Show and all the stuff that you got going on in that uh, rather busy existence of yours, pal. Um, bloody, good to, <laughs> bloody good to talk to you. Uh, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. It's um, bloody good to catch up with you. Well, GDT overnight, and I see the futures market is betting whole milk powder prices will rise at the uh, auction overnight. Of course, uh, the last one a fortnight ago, uh, the headline price index jumped 3.2%, which was good news, following four consecutive declines. So the average price for whole milk powder, which has the most impact on what farmers are paid, it gained 1% at the last auction, and the futures market is actually picking a further 1.5% gain at uh, the auction tonight, or early uh, the early hours of tomorrow morning on expectations supply may be dwindling while demand holds up we will have to wait and see we will have all the coverage for you of course uh, when it comes to hand here on Rex today as always thanks for your company that is our show for today don't forget to check out the team at NetSpeed forget juggling accounts NetSpeed now offers mobile phone packages too home phone broadband and now mobile phones make it easy and sign up to one of NetSpeed's mobile phone deals you could even win a phone tease and C's apply. We'll catch you back tomorrow. Rex today. With NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone. Talk to them today.